the Knicks are hardcore, and I'll tell you like this, we ain't never looked sharper. With Hubert, Bonner, Greg, and Harper, it's the Knicks, and we're back on pace. Everyone's gearing up for the championship race, and the fans are going crazy, and it's running for a reason. Welcome to the Blitz with Rob and Chris. I was I was wondering how long Rob was gonna let that shit go. Uh, go New York, go New York, go. Yeah, you better hope they don't go zero and two. That's hey, we are five, baby. We are five in the fourth quarter. I'm bucking right now. Uh, Chris was in Miami this past week. He saw me bucking at the wharf watching the Hawks uh, game game one, and um, I don't know. Randall wasn't looking too good that night, and Trey Young embarrassed us at the last second. But we about to get it back tonight. It's gonna be one one. This is our series. You know, I'm really focused on the Nets in the Eastern Conference Championship. That's mentally where I'm already at. I'm just putting that out there. I mean, listen, as an NBA fan, I think everybody's hoping for a Knicks-Nets Eastern Conference Finals. I know the Net Knicks are four seed, but at the end of the day, it's all about storylines. And there's nothing more I think New York fans and NBA fans would like to see the Knicks somehow try to pull an upset against them. Hey, bro, the we deserve this. Chris Rock court side, Spike Lee court side, Tracy Everybody. Morgan. Yeah, I mean, everybody is back. Back and vaccinated. It's feeling like life again. Let's go. We out here dunking on folks. Come on, man. This is our Listen, game. We up seven with a minute 35 left. And you you still ain't comfortable. <laughs> I mean, they got some shooters uh, in Atlanta, but come on, man. Get Derrick Rose out the game. We need a defensive and rebounding substitution. Let's so so as Rob mentioned, we, we, I was in Miami this week. I got to admit, it was lovely. You know, sitting on the ocean. I ain't have no stresses. You know, was able to get away. I, I see why you liking that uh that Miami living, Rob. I gotta admit, right? It was it was tight. That got me a nice back. year round town tan. You know? a lot of you know beautiful sights out here uh, that don't just include the beach. You know, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Um, so you know, I can't complain. Probably gonna try to hit a, a heat game on Thursday night with another friend who's coming in town um, and uh, catch game three. I, I'm thinking my heat gonna get swept, but you know. It is yeah, the Bucks is. look for real. The Bucks look for real. We're gonna we're gonna get into all the series, but uh look, let you start it off. Let's talk about the Knicks, right? They uh they down 0-1. They had a shot to win. They was up three with about I think a minute and three seconds left in game one. Trey Young hit a a game with on him, but they up seven with a minute left, nine with a minute left. Um they're looking to tie it up at one one. I think. I think that most people think the Knicks are the better team in this series. What's your thoughts on the series so far? How you how you? I mean, we're supposed to be right. Like we're supposed to be the better team here, um, just even based off of seeding, right? I mean, the Knicks just it's you know I, I like what we have you know in coaching, uh, but you are talking about a lot of we got a lot of depth, so you got a lot of potential roster combinations that you could use. I mean, Taj Gibson just dunked, but you need to you got like Nerlens Noel, R.J. Barrett, you know. Neil Akina at the end of the last game, I think they brought him in to guard Trey Young and like him, Obi Toppin. Yeah, he got embarrassed. You know, a couple of guys, I think Bullet came in at the end. So they have like almost these offensive, defensive, you know, shift changes. You know, Julius Randle struggling again tonight. At least he's having a good second half. We're only two in the first half. Um, and so you just, you, it's, I think it's, about matchups a lot and so i think you know game one we were kind of feeling them out still got kevin knox on the the bench who get, is getting no burn in this series from what i've seen um so I, I i like us over them they got a bunch of shooters um they're athletic they're young um a lot of talent but i mean i think we're just a more gritty basketball team and i think we're deeper than they are so i think we should win this series i will say this though like for atlanta fans uh and trey young fans i'm, I'm happy for trey young because i think you know Atlanta was kind of laughed at for that trade, uh, getting rid of Luca, swapping Luca for for trade. As they should have been. Um, so I'm, I'm I feel like at least they they they're a little bit vindicated with, you know, Trey Young got a back to back thirty point playoff debut, um, including that game winning game one. So I I do think he's showing that he is one of the next you know great guards in the NBA. So we're gonna we're gonna see what happens. Yeah, he silenced the crowd. He silenced the crowd, but. Yeah. All that trash he was talking about, it got real effing quiet in here. Um, <laughs> you know, they came out with some chants prepared for him tonight, including uh, Trey Young, you're balding. So <laughs> I, I don't, you know, know if it affected his game, but they definitely are about to lose. So, yeah, yeah, they're they going to go down one one. But I mean, they, they did what they're supposed to do. Road team's supposed to split the first two. So, true, true. Um, they did that. So, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, and one thing I just pointed out to you is I was surprised. Uh, 
you know, just watching these games and seeing how little Lou Williams impacts the game. And then, you know, you know, a little segue, you go switch over and look at the Clippers and you're like, they could use a Lou Williams right about now. They could use another score because as is, you know, becoming now a typical thing, playoff P, you know, he dropped sure. the playoff portion and he just is is P PG because yeah. he is disappeared pulling <laughs> disappearing acts in the playoffs that are, are, are quite ridiculous. And, and and like can we talk about this playoff P? How's a man who's never been to has one finals appearance <laughs> called playoff P? Come on, man. A little, car- little carried away with the nicknames. That's a, that's a that's a self-titled if if you know if ever. But uh what's your thoughts on I mean listen. The Clippers are down 0-2 after PG talked all that shit about Doc Rivers being depressed in the bubble. Now you don't have none of that. Um, and can we add in the fact that it appears that they intentionally lost the last two games it, to lock in uh, exactly. the seed, that, to lock in this matchup with the uh, Dallas Mavericks, who they now can't seem to be? After talking all that shit, Kawhi, you know, spurring in LeBron, acting like he was going to the Lakers, bringing PG uh, Balmer talking about the Clippers about to take over LA for them to intentionally lose to like Houston and I forget the second team, but two of the worst teams in the NBA to avoid the Lakers at the seventh seed is embarrassing and not to go down 0-2 against Luka and in the Mavs. I just, I mean, as a Clippers fan, you got to be worried. Yeah, I mean, if you get sent home at this point and Kawhi's contract is up and you have two, like, Think about the early billboards and the commercials that Kawhi was supposed to be the king of L.A. And let's say the Lakers don't. I, I don't see the any any way that they beat the Nets, but let's say they go to the championship and they're the Western Conference champions. Then they become the two-time Western reigning Western Conference champions, and you never even made it to a Western Conference finals to play right. them. Like, that is going to have some impact on Kawhi's legacy no matter how you try to slice it. Um, I think we talked about it before, right? Like, the idea that he got those two championships with the Spurs, he gets a lot of credit for defending LeBron and therefore um, getting that that finals MVP. But nobody in their right mind thinks that he was a leader of either one of those teams or necessarily even the best player on either one of those teams, right? Like he showed out in a particular series in a particular way, but you know, he's still playing with Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, right? Yeah, he definitely wasn't the catalyst. Right. He's the fourth best player on those teams. And so then you jump over to Toronto and then you think about one lucky bounce that he gets against the 76ers and then, you know, two injuries, KD, Clay Thompson, that, you know, spur him on to a championship. And a lot of people, you know, don't give that Toronto roster enough credit. Like Van Fleet was playing well. Kyle Lowry's playing well. You had Marcus Saul, who's still playing well. Um, you know, they had um, – what's my guy from uh, OKC that uh, is now – Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka, right? Like, he was still playing pretty well at the time. Um, Powell was on that roster. I mean, that roster wasn't just him. So – while he's going to get credit for that, you look at these last two years of just utter disappointment, and you can't put it all on Paul George, I guess is my point. Oh, no, definitely. And I, I think when you talk about that Toronto team, uh, I, would say, I would say Kawhi was the best player on that team, but he was by no means the leader of that team. That right. team was, was you know, driven by Kyle Lowry. And so now you, you see it now where Kawhi is not only the best player, but he's expected to be the leader of that team, and they're not producing. And at this right. point, PG re-upped for, like, what, a three- or four-year extension if you don't make it out the first round in year two of a championship or bus season, what happens next? Right. Where does Kawhi go? I right. think is the question. Um, yeah, I mean, because your options are kind of limited, right? Like you're going to go to a playoff team. And you can't you go can't, to with LeBron. Yeah, you can't put your tail between your legs now and go to L.A. <laughs> after you talked all that trash, right? Um, so I, I don't know where he goes. Um you know, it's just going to make for a, a real interesting uh, setup in these playoffs, too, though, Definitely. if they get sent home. Because, I mean, Utah is the one seed, but they're still – I mean, they play again tonight, but they're still down 1-0. So it's almost like, man, the Lakers would have had a good setup. You know what I'm saying? I mean, sorry, right. the Clippers would have had a good setup. But if Dallas goes in, I mean, does that mean that if – you know, what if you get Dallas-Memphis? What oh, a disappointing second-round matchup. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, on the other side, I think you probably get – you know, Lakers, Portland is kind of my, but I think those two first round series on the other side are going to go, you know, six, seven games. Yeah. Um, and then I think you're going to end up with a Lakers, Portland. And who knows what comes out of this, this top bracket, not that the, the Clippers are choking this way. 
yeah, I mean, I, I think the Lakers are still the prohibitive favorites. Like, I don't think anybody is confident that the, the Jazz, Trailblazers, the Nuggets. The, draft, the Jazz with Spider not playing, Spider Mitchell not playing yep. right now. And then the Nuggets, you know, without, you know, Murray playing. Right. So let, let's go, let's get this out of the way because it's a very boring series. But but the Nets and Celtics, the big three, uh, dropped 82 points in game one. Um, Blake Griffin was dunking on people Blake left and Griffin right. Griffin looked like you know the old Clippers Griffin, um, the Kia commercial Duncan Griffin. Uh, you got uh, they they won by what about thirty last. He night. doesn't have as much rise. I will say that like no, it's not, not like he's way above the rim. But, but for, he is but, but for someone who hadn't dunked in two years in Detroit, right? It's, this is an embarrassment. Right, it's an embarrassment. Um, the Celtics are just on fumes. I mean, like Jalen Brown is out. I think Tatum went down last night, maybe. You know, they just mm-hmm. Kemba Walker is just, you know, you could tell he's not 100 percent healthy. Um, the all, I think the only headlining news about this series is that Kyrie made a statement yesterday saying that he hoped there's no um covert racism by the yeah, fans, which I thought yeah, was a little, he hopes is 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 this, you know, everybody keeps it above board. I mean, you know, this is he made it a little more interesting with the burning of the sage the last time he was there. Yeah. So now everybody's, you know, thinking what's going to happen this time. And but, I mean, um, a guy who said he was going to re-up, then leaves. Right. Like you would expect him to get, you know. So It's I, a non-story. I mean, the Nets is. have stacked the cards so high in their favor that now they can say whatever they want, right? They mm-hmm. can talk all the trash they want. This isn't the Clippers of last year who were talking trash when, when you really look back at that roster, it wasn't. Like there were no guarantees. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was it was a good team, but it wasn't like Miami Heat big three good. It wasn't you know Jordan Bulls good. You know what I mean? Wasn't even you know wasn't the Warriors type of roster. But the Nets roster is probably better than all of those rosters, right? Yeah, it's crazy is that they didn't even get Lamarcus Aldridge because he decided you know based on his his heart situation he was going to sit out. But you you're talking about a roster that could have had potentially like six previous All Stars on it. Um. I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, let's get this other one out the way too. 76ers Wizards. I think it'll be a sweep. 76ers up 2 0. Spider Mitchell's playing tonight. Let's go. Showing him in warm ups. Down 0 1. You got to suit up. It's After time. our trash that Shaq talked about him, you got to play now. Yeah. What's your thoughts on uh, him not playing game one and kind of being upset with the franchise? You think that has any lingering effects? I mean, I don't. I, I don't. But I mean, I didn't even. You know, when I put it on, I'm like, well, what's the, I mean, we were standing next to each other, right? Because the game was starting and you were telling me and I'm like, well, how bad is the ankle? You right. know, like, I mean, this is, if you can play game two, in my opinion, you could have played game one. You know what but, I mean? Like, I mean, I'm with the Jazz, play. right? Do you really fear the Grizzlies? Well, you do now. <laughs> <laughs> you do now. I mean, I, I get it, but I just think that the Jazz aren't the traditional one seed. You they know, are. if it was the Lakers... And maybe you got Bron and you let AD sit. I get that maybe. But even them, right, they ain't been playing that well to, to anybody. It's the playoffs. I just don't know that you can afford to be sitting people and the gaps are, are that small at this point once you get to the playoffs. I think I mean, that, I, that team beat the Warriors, right? That says something, right? And the Spurs, you know, which they didn't right. have much, but still, you know, it's a, a, a great organization. And I think right. that might have had something to do, too, with the, the Jazz resting – Donovan Mitchell, I think they thought maybe the Grizzlies were running on fumes being that they had played two playing games. And um, their star player plays the same position you know, it, that your star player would be playing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like John Moran, yeah. The guy you would need to be guarding him is, is who you're sitting. So, in your opinion, do the Grizzlies have a chance? Well, they do now. I, I mean, going in, I would have said this is in, uh, probably a five-game series. But you let them get confident. And you gave them a, you know, you gave them home court advantage. Like right. they flipped the series. So now, you know, you got to see what happens tonight before you can just say that this is, you know, the, I don't the jazz series to win. Jazz will win. And I think they, they I think they win in six. Um, the young Grizzlies will get one back in Memphis, mm-hmm. but they don't have enough. But even that one versus eight to go six. Yeah. Is not what you, you typically expect. Um, Agree, agree, but like you mentioned, and I, I don't know why. I mean, I just think it fell right for the Jazz because 
you look at LeBron and AD missed 30 plus games. The Clippers just really, you know, they were taking a lot of games off, not taking the regular season serious. On top of the fact they went to 72 games this year following from the, the late end into the bubble season. Mm-hmm. Jamal Murray got hurt midway, so that dropped the Nuggets down a little bit. I mean, I think it just all fell right. Um, and, they, the and they have a deep Dallas. roster. And they got a deep roster, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think they win that. I think they win that series, but I'm not sure they're the favorite against the Mavs or the, or the Clippers. You're, yeah, I mean, I definitely don't think they're a favorite against the Clippers, right? Um, against the Mavs, um, I think, you know, it's a push. Yeah. I think that realistically speaking, when you look up and down their roster, you just ask yourself, like, who's going to guard Luka and, yep. and Przingis? You know what I mean? Like, that's that height with that shooting ability, I don't see anybody on their roster that's going to come out there on the perimeter and guard those guys. I mean, just their backcourt alone, Conley and Mitchell – if you bringing those guys out, like how do you, you know, guard Luca at the point guard spot? No, I'm with you. I'm with you. But I, I think again, you go to the other side and like who's gonna guard Spider Mitchell? Because Luca can't stay with him. Um, Maybe Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah. I mean Bogdanovich at your small four to six seven, but I don't, you know, I don't think he can stay in front of Luca. Right. And I mean, look, not too many because look like Paul George and uh. Kawhi don't want no parts of Luca right now. Right, I, I just don't understand every. I think it's you know they run a lot of screens to get Patrick Beverly matched up on uh on Luca. Um. So yeah, man. So um, what other games we got? We got the Nuggets and the Blazers tied at one one. You know, like, like we mentioned, the Nuggets don't have Jamal Murray, so I think a lot of people feel like the Blazers are the favorite, but. Jokic proved game two why I think he's going to be the MVP. Like, I don't think it's any question he's the MVP of the season this year. You had some other great performances, you know, Steph, um, Joel Embiid, but but Jokic, the way he played just about, I mean, he missed maybe four or five games and just dominated throughout the season, even when he lost Jamal Murray. So I think he just proved um, again in game two. And, and, you know, the Blazers don't have anybody. While they got the better guards, the Blazers don't have anybody to stop Jokic. And I think if if Michael Porter Jr. Um, can step up as that second score, and you also they traded for Aaron Gordon from uh, Orlando, like mm-hmm. I, I definitely think the Nuggets, you know, can win the series. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is going to come down to you know Nurkic's ability to to um, play some better defense because. He's getting dominated Worked right now. Right, right. But, I mean, we saw this when the Lakers played them last year. Like, I feel like, you know, he ended JaVale McGee's time in L.A. Because by the end of that series, JaVale McGee was no longer starting. Um, Dwight Howard was getting all of the minutes. And a lot of that was like, you know, Dwight Howard was just harassing Nurkic. I'm sorry, uh, harassing Jokic, right? And even then, like, Jokic was still getting his points. It was just a matter of, like, he slowed him down enough. To right. make it a, a win, winnable game. Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie. I like, I like the Nuggets in the series against the Blazers. I just don't think the Blazers have enough. I just think they need too much from from uh, Dane. Um, so I, I do like the Nuggets. How about you? Who you like in the series? I think Portland wins that series, and I think, I think, like I said, six or seven for both of those uh, series on that side of the bracket: the Lakers, Suns, and Portland. Um, Nuggets. I think these are going to be two of the best series that we get in all of the playoffs. And then I think, you know, the next series will, will be good as well. I think Portland, L.A. is going to be another good series. Yeah. And I think L.A. wins that just because just like we saw last year. I mean, at the end of the day, size became an issue. And now you got Drummond, um, who has a little bit more offensive ability than, say, like a Dwight Howard. So he's not as athletic, but still, I think that's going to be uh, uh, a, a good series. But I say, you know, Lakers probably take that in six. Listen, man. Yeah, and I, I think the fact too that Chris Paul went, you know, obviously he's playing, he's toughing it out, but like they sat him the last, I think, what, 15, 16 yeah, minutes he's a day. Not an offensive threat. Like he's yeah, helping like, on the yeah, offense, but he's not really a threat to score. And I, like that. I think at this point he's a a liability because mm-hmm. now you know he can't score, you know he can't shoot. And so he's it's really like five on four. If, if you leave him out on the floor. So I think at that point, it's just, you know, another 
CP3 disappointing playoff where he goes down. Uh, you know, this we've we've seen this song and dance before, right? Yeah, I mean, we gotta ask if he's cursed at this point. Yeah, like I, I mean the basketball gods. It, it's it's just the the season he helped Phoenix get the number two seed to see him go down that first quarter. We I mean that first uh half of for you know game one, we were both like, man, just you know, not totally surprised. But do you see the Lakers as the favorite to win the West? It's it's not like a wide open. I mean, it's not like they're you know far and away better than everybody else. Right, I, I could easily see them losing any of these series, but I think they're a slight favorite right now just because all of these other teams have some glaring weaknesses as well. I mean, I think the Lakers' glaring weakness. I mean, they have a couple, but I think the largest weakness they have is just the the lack of continuity. They haven't played together all year, and I think it's the lack of shooters. That too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you 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 know, West Matthews, he can't really drive the basketball so you don't really want to put him in the game they put him in a very select situations and he doesn't play enough to get hot um and so you know you gave up a shooter then you brought him in kcp as we saw last night lebron was yelling at him yeah. um to actually shoot the ball i think he was like oh for four he just wouldn't even shoot uh and so those are your only real two three-point shooters i mean schroeder can't hit the backside of a barn uh and he just <laughs> loves to take the ball and drive like to the rim right? kind of out of control yeah and so realistically speaking the guys in the backcourt with lebron and then drummond can't shoot obviously so you have to bring gasol in but then he's a liability defensively so it's just it's 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 tough uh yeah typically lebron would post up and then kind of kick out but he doesn't necessarily and caruso's not totally dependable as a three-point shooter so i mean i think the bottom line is when you rank especially in the western conference top to bottom best players you know, LeBron and AD are still probably one, two, one, three. And so they're just, they're two are better than anybody else's two in the West. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's when, you know, you, you give them the edge. But the supporting cast is not. They don't have Rondo. They don't have Danny Green. And I think that was like key pieces looking at it now that they're missing in this playoff run. They don't have Dwight Howard or JaVale McGee, who, although they weren't threats offensively, they rebound, they could play defense. Um, give you some valuable minutes, and they could run up and down the floor, which right. you know Gasol, Gasol can't do. And Drummond just seems super like big, slow, and sluggish. Right. Like I, I don't know. Like I, I guess you wouldn't. Why I didn't watch him a lot in, in Detroit because they weren't on TV a lot. But mm -hmm. I'm just kind of disappointed in, in what I've seen uh, right. so far with him. Yeah, I mean everybody clowned Danny Green so bad after that miss at the end of that game that caused that series to go six games with Miami. But um, you know you can see that. Somebody who's got height, length, the ability to play defense and shoot threes is not – you don't turn your nose up at that because I think they kind of do miss him. Definitely. And then the last series, uh, you're going to be going tomorrow night to the game. Bucks and Heat. I think, I, at least for me, this would I, – I thought that was going to be the best first-round um, series just because, you know, you felt like the Heat really took it to Milwaukee last year. And, and I think really would have, you know – I think that was what, you know, caused Milwaukee to really evaluate who they were as a team and what were the missing pieces. And then he's traded for Drew Holiday, um, picked up some other people. Um, I can't think of this guy's name who's coming off the bench. Um, we talked about him. Damn, I think he's number five. But uh, I can't think of his name. But, but yeah, I think just Milwaukee looks like a, a much more well-rounded team, like – much deeper um and drew gives them that like legit number two player to go along with chris middleton now they have what you know their version of the big three so i, I think they're legit contenders to at least make it to the eastern conference finals and give the nets a run for their money yeah i mean it's disappointing you know just a team going to the nba finals you just assume that they would come back this year and you know take a step forward especially because they were a young team you know guys like kendrick nunn tyler hero um and even Bam, you know, were, were so young and it seemed like Jimmy Butler was, and even Duncan Robinson is young too. And it seemed like Jimmy Butler was kind of molding them. Um, and, you know, they brought in guys like Andre Iguodala. Um, I don't know that Andre Iguodala was a huge upgrade over Crowder who they, they let walk. Yeah. Um, Gordon Dragic, you know, obviously is, is, you know, you lose him last year for the finals. So you think a good game play from him and, and losing Victor Oladipo hurt them too. Um, and so, but I just didn't see them laying a total 
egg, that, you know, that they're laying in this series. So yeah, I think that game two blowout because they lost in overtime in game one. Right, so they I put left it all on the line game one. Yeah, and then now they just out. yeah, and I mean, you know, when you look at the rosters up and down, you wouldn't think that the the Bucks are far and away better. I, I think that I think we 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 take game three personally. I just don't think they're gonna lose at home. They don't get swept. I don't think so. I think we at least get game three. They better. Um, if I'm gonna bring them the good luck, <laughs> Milwaukee. What's your thoughts on them giving the Nets any kind of run for their money? I just don't see it. Again, you talking about roster depth? I mean, Drew Holiday, Divincenzo, Middleton, a Tentacupo with Lopez, right? Like, and you know, Pat Connaughton off the bench, PJ Tucker off the bench, Bobby Portis off the bench. I mean. These aren't guys like when we talking about the 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 talent in New Jersey. Like I just don't see it matching up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I like think- all right, you put Drew Holiday on Kyrie, fine. Right. You know Giannis on KD, fine. All right. Well then, who's who's Garden? Um, Harden. Harden. Chris Middleton. Okay, they still got Blake Griffin. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we can do this all day. Yeah. I I don't know, bro. I like uh. I like Milwaukee. I don't know if they got enough to beat the Nets, but I do think they have enough to to give them a run. I think it can go six. Yeah, um, maybe, yeah, maybe seven. Six, you know what right. I mean? Uh, I, I don't see seven, but how the Greek Freak plays. If he and the re- yeah, that's what I was about to say because the reality is, I think the biggest issue is what we always see from the Greek Freak is his ability to like match offensively like the best player on the other team. Right. Or his inability. Right. His inability yeah. to shoot. And right. Because you play him as yeah, you play him a different way in the playoffs, and then all of a sudden, you know. And I say in the playoffs, the, every time he played the Heat during a regular season over the last two, three years, I've gone to those games, and they played him the same way then, and they kind of build a wall, and it always works, which is, again, why I'm surprised how bad we're doing right now. Yeah. So we're going to see, man. Um, last thing I want to talk about the NBA, um, thoughts on the playing game. I, oh, I feel like we skipped the 76ers, Wizards, but I feel like we should yeah. because, I mean, I'm who cares, right? Like the 76ers are going to beat the Wizards. There's no chance. I just saw uh, – Russ Westbrook got some popcorn thrown on him tonight. That's about the most exciting thing that happened in that series. He tried to he tried to go run on test, full run on test, and go on the stands. Had to be restrained by five people. But uh, my thoughts on the, yeah, I just be feeling bad for Russ. I just feel like he always gets the short end of the stick, you know. But I also feel like he's kind of like a Dennis the Menace type. Like it just always seems like he has a bad attitude and he's always mad at somebody. So it's kind of like me, you know. Say you attract what you put out into the world. And he seems like he's always putting out some negative energy. So maybe that's why he's always getting it back. Just got a little philosophical on y'all. But um, uh, playing game, I, you know, I saw people celebrating it because the games, some of the games were good. But the reality is I think it was stupid. Like, I just, I, yeah, I enjoyed the game. But, like, now we have to watch Memphis in the first round to the playoffs. I mean, you play all of those games for a full season and then turn around and be like, oh, yeah, I thought it was done when baseball was doing this. Oh, yeah, by the way, yes, you qualify, but now you got to play one more game against a team that could theoretically be, like, a few games behind you. And if they beat you, the, your, the last 71 games, 72 games you played mean nothing. Like, to me, that's kind of a ridiculous proposition, and it's left us now to watch Memphis playing, you know, the Utah Jazz instead of what everybody would have preferred to see, which is Steph Curry in the effing playoffs. Just win, baby. Man, the playing game was fantastic. Uh, I loved it. I thought the Lakers, Warriors yeah, the, game, the Western Conference games were good. The awesome. Eastern Conference were snoozers. Yeah, yeah, they were. But, I mean, let's face it, the whole Eastern Conference, nobody <laughs> cares about. So, uh, outside of the Nets, I guess. But uh, I loved it. I, 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 you know, I'm looking forward to it. I, I like the way they did it, too. Like, I, for some reason, I, I didn't read up on it. I just wasn't aware. But I thought it was going to be, like, seven plays, ten. A plays nine, you know, winner takes all. But yeah, clearly, well, yeah, that's why we need to do podcasts by week because <laughs> I don't know where you got that idea. <laughs> but the seven, eight, nine, ten, and the in the winner of the nine, ten playing the loser of the seven, eight. I, I thought that shit was was real tight. I, I enjoyed it. Um, there's some talks now that Adam Silver wants to play a, a midseason uh, single elimination tournament, much like FIFA does with with like the Premier League and soccer. I'm not exactly sure about the details, but what's your thoughts on a, a midseason tournament? Listen, I, I mean, I see players complaining about all of that stuff. The reality is I think part of the reason he's considering all of that is because they keep sitting out all these games. And I was having a conversation with a friend of mine about, like, he's he, he he's been going to these 
NHL uh, hockey games, and you know our team is in the playoffs against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Talking about how fun who, the hockey games are. Who is your team? Uh, Panthers. And so okay. they play in like up in Fort Lauderdale. Um, and so he said the regular season games are fun too. Oh well, I guess we just got eliminated from the playoffs because we lost uh, <laughs> tonight, <laughs> four to zero to the Tampa Bay Lightning. So yeah, I was excited because Game Seven was going to be tomorrow. I was considering going uh, Friday. I'm sorry. Uh, but there will be no game seven. But anyway, um, the conversation was about the games being fun. And, and then, you know, the other conversation to add into that is the Kobe Bryant going into the Hall of Fame conversation where his wife talked about the fact that he knew that a new fan could be there every night. And that's what made him go out there every night. And that's what the NBA doesn't have. Like regular season, night in, night out games are just not exciting anymore because the conversation we was having is whenever – you know, a ticket broker calls us like, hey, do you want to come to a heat game? They're actually pushing the games because they don't sell out. And they don't sell out because you don't know who's going to play. And when the person calls me, I'm asking, you know, like, OK, they play the Nets tonight. But I already know, like, two of the four stars for the Nets probably aren't playing. Right. You know what I mean? Then my question is Jimmy Butler playing. Right. Because, you know, he was low managing this year based off what happened. Mm -hmm. That's what makes basketball less exciting. I think that the midseason tournament idea is an idea that's being floated because he's trying to find a way to in, to increase the excitement during the regular season because the players have all but removed that for the fans by all of this low management. So, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't support the other idea otherwise because I feel like it's kind of like the playing game and, you know, it's just something to distract from the ultimate goal of winning a championship. But I, at this point, they need something. They need something to force their hand to, you know, generate excitement during the middle of the regular season. I mean, while I love, and I, I guess we got to get more details. While I love the playing game, I hate this midseason tournament idea. Granted, I don't know all the details about it, but what I say is, I just don't see any semblance of importance to a midseason tournament that has no bearing on the ultimate champion of the league. Like, I just don't know how excited I would get about a midseason tournament. So, if you win, like, okay, I think the players might get a million dollars or something. Like, as a fan, that doesn't do anything for me. I mean, I, I guess maybe you get dudes playing real hard, like a, you know, a glorified, like, all-star game with money on the line or something. But I just don't see the relevance. If it has no relevance to to the champion, the ultimate, like, team winning the league, I don't see uh, – you know, I'm not a huge soccer fan, so I, I don't understand all the intricacies of, of their tournament either. But it just seems as a person who is, like, invested into, like, the NBA playoffs – I don't see how you could recreate that in the middle of a season and make it meaningful. Yeah, I mean, I, like you said, we just got to have more details. Don't yeah. know what we don't know what it'll be just yet. But but it is on the table, and then looking at it, put it on the table for next season. So you know, we, we'll see what happens. You just you just strain my heart by forcing me to talk about basketball for a half an hour on this football podcast. Hey, bro, it's the NBA playoffs. <laughs> I know, I know. But, uh, but look, since you mentioned it, let's get to the NFL. We got a couple. We got a couple storylines. Calling me Segway Sam over here. <laughs> you know, not not much, but, but we got a, we got a few headlines, and we are gonna start yeah. it off. Uh, well, I mean, you say not much. That's because we ain't recorded a podcast in a month. <laughs> you know, you've been on vacation over there. Listen, man, flying the friendly skies. You know, trying to trying to take it all in. Trying to I take mean, it all in. Been a whole NFL draft. You know, like people are signing <laughs> contracts and whatnot. Listen, they don't even want to show up at OTAs. Rogers, Brady, nobody showing up. Um, but but let's talk about Rogers, right? There, there's been a whole lot of talks um, since the draft when when Rogers came out and basically said he doesn't want to be in Green Bay. Um, everybody's you know attributed to the drafting of Jordan Love, but but he came out this week and said that it, it's not because of Jordan Love; it's more you know, because of the culture yeah, of the of the front office. Uh, you know, yeah, the and, culture and the, of the front office is taking people that. <laughs> you know, aren't the people he thinks the team needs. Yeah, it's the same thing, right? It's the same thing that he knows he can't be mad about that because it's what Brett Favre was mad about when they took him. That, that's so my he thing. He just can't say it, right? right? But Brett Favre felt the same exact way. I'm trying to win. Y'all trying to plan for the future, right? And how can you be mad at them because it worked when they took Aaron Rodgers? Well, I say it worked. I mean, they won one Super Bowl. Some people would argue that Rodgers' career – I mean, I, you know <laughs> – it's, it's hard to call somebody winning a Super Bowl a disappointment. But, you know, when you look at the Rodgers and Breezes of the world, you know, they won early and it was expected that they were going to win another one. And, I mean, listen, if if I'm really, like, evaluating, I, I guess the, the, the hard part for the, the Packers is 
you know, Jordan Love is far from ready to take over this team if if something would have happened to uh, Aaron Rodgers, like if he was to be traded or he had an injury. But you look at a Green Bay team that really should have been in the Super Bowl, or I, I won't say really should have been, but had every opportunity, hosted an NFC championship game. Uh, the Buccaneers turned the ball over three times. You know, they, they were, Green Bay had, had a chance at the two or three-yard line to, to tie it with under three minutes left in the game. So you talk about although they drafted Jordan Love, they were in position to still make it to the Super Bowl. And so, you know, if you're looking at the front office, it's like, well, depending on how much longer you think Aaron Rodgers is going to play, it's not a bad move long term. But um, but now they, they've pissed off Rodgers. So my question to you, Rob, is will Aaron Rodgers suit up for the Green Bay Packers? in the 2021 NFL season. I mean, I want to say that he will because I, but I did the same thing with Brady, you know, and I was like, there's just no way he's been there forever. It's not <laughs> going to happen. He's not going to move. And it really just depends on how much he digs his heels in. You know what I mean? And right now his heels seem dug in. Listen, I posted on our Instagram feed. This man is in Hawaii. He's married this new actress wife. I don't remember what her name is. Um, can't remember any movie she's been in. Oh no, I know what she was in. She was in, um, that HBO miniseries with uh with which McCullough's daughter, Denise Huxtable's daughter. Man, I can't remember the name of that miniseries. Um oh, Euphoria? No, it wasn't Euphoria. I'm a, I'm gonna get the name, but but you know, she's famous, she's got famous friends. Um they're on vacation with some other eight, you know, I'll call them B-list Hollywood celebrities. <laughs> right. But but um, you know. He's in another world right now, and he's at the back end of his 30s, probably the same kind of around the same age as we are, and probably looking towards you know the end and creating another life for himself, probably about to start a family. And you know, you're in that situation, and why would you want anything other than the championship? Why would you go out there in a situation that you don't think presents you the best opportunity for a championship? Now, the the counter argument to that is yo, you were in the NFC championship and realistically speaking if y'all go for it on fourth down maybe you're in the effing Super Bowl also <clears throat> if a referee doesn't drop a flag we kind of forget about that right that that bogus fourth down pass interference call right um I'm not gonna say it was bogus it was just we saw other flags swallowed earlier that made right. us uh not the most comfortable and big little lies was the series that his his wife was in um not to mention he has a top three wide receiver in Devontae Adams yeah got a, you know and a top Eight and nine running back in Jamal Williams. Right. I mean, so I'm sorry, Aaron, Aaron, uh, Aaron uh, Jones. Right. And then you know you got the the young man from Boston College that they brought in last year. Who, um, and they did have Jamal Williams, but I, I mean, he's he's gone now, I believe. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So the the reality is like it's not like the Patriots appeared to be trending down and had just lost in the first round of the playoffs. Right. I think it was the first round. It definitely was in their first game in that playoffs. I think it was the second round because Tampa, I'm sorry, Tennessee had, I think, played in the wild card round and beat them. So you, Brady's situation was different. You could see that roster just completely depleted in terms of uh, talent and they were in salary cap hell. So uh, I don't see Rodgers having the same situation. However, you know, leverage is leverage if he wants to use it to get out of town. You know, the New Orleans Saints – do potentially have a quarterback oh. competition brewing in New Orleans if he wants to come jump in on that competition, you know. Let me let me say this first of all. For, for someone who always corrects me when I'm wrong, I'm correct you. First of all, the Patriots did lose in the wild card round to the Titans. The Titans won that game that went on to beat the Ravens in the divisional round. Oh, you finally um, knew something off the top of your to, head. It's crazy. Just wanted, just wanted to point I'm happy. Out. I'm going to give you a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't look it up. Just, you know, that's the fandom in me. Mm -hmm. Uh just proving my sports knowledge with, with which doesn't need any proving but we'll anyway. go back and edit out the fact that you thought the plan was like four teams <laughs> it was four teams it was just a different format anyways listen as much as fans give players hell in the nfl about you know you signed a contract this and this i hope the packers dig in their goddamn heels and if ever rogers don't want to play in green bay i hope they force his ass to retire because he doesn't deserve a pass you, you signed your goddamn contract. You lost in the NFC Championship. Suit, suit up. Put on your big boy pants and play ball. I can't stand Aaron Rodgers anyways. I don't like him. But um, 
I think he needs to play for Green Bay. Like, I, I'm, I'm tired of people trying to protect the quarterbacks and allowing the quarterbacks to, to make their decisions. Like, you're in the contract. You know, suck it up. You got talent on your team. Like, I, I don't really buy the whole culture. Like, what culture? Like, y'all had a winning culture. You won a division a quarter away from going to Super Bowl. Like, I, I just He doesn't don't. want to play for a coach that's dumb enough to kick a field goal when you're down <laughs> seven points that late in the game. That's what the unspoken, like, I'm, I'm almost as I'm old as same age as my coach, and he makes bad decisions. He might as well let me decide things of that nature because clearly he's not qualified. But that, I mean, that's that's what's unspoken. Yeah, definitely. I don't I, respect my coach. And I mean, in terms of landing spots, like I don't know, I don't know where he goes. New Orleans. Um, yeah, well, I want to see James, man. You supposed to? We supposed I to? Do, I do too, boy. I do. I do too. But the reality is, like, you don't pass up on an opportunity to see what Aaron Rodgers has left in the tank. James, your number one fan, willing to throw you away before you start one game. Bro. <laughs> Uh, also, outside of Aaron Rodgers, there's another big star in the NFL who's who's basically demanding a trade. Um, Julio Jones went on live TV. I don't know if it was knowingly or unknowingly. A lot of people are saying it was unknowingly with Shannon Sharp saying that uh, he doesn't plan on returning to Atlanta and he wants to get out of there. What's your thoughts on if he goes, where does he go? Well, you know, that one possible destination I heard was Green Bay. You know, somebody was uh, – it might have been, you know, Stephen A. Smith or Shannon Sharp, somebody saying, like, the reality is you got two people who are disgruntled and Green Bay can resolve the situation potentially with Aaron Rodgers by finally making a play. I, I don't know that Julio helps them that much, to be honest with you. In my opinion, you put him on the other side of – I mean, he's going to help, obviously, just because of his size and, you know, the you know respect that he commands, but – at this point in his career, I just don't know, you know, if that's the move that's going to put you over the top and put you in the Super Bowl. I, I don't know if I see it. And I don't know that um, that Julio is is really understanding his his market value. Agreed. Right now. Agreed. Um, at his age, I mean, he's always been a guy who drops a big pass or two a game, you know. And then now you're at this age, and you your athleticism starts to fade, and that's kind of what was your, you know, hallmark. To begin with, you weren't the best hands guy, not necessarily the best route runner. Um, I think you enter a point where you don't necessarily have as much value in your contract is is not the most attractive. And you're 32. You're right. coming off of missing seven games last year. And, I mean, he's got a history of injuries. Like, he's missed right. more than four or five games in a whole bunch of seasons. Like, he always got hamstring issues because of his speed and his size. Mm -hmm. Um in athleticism. So I, I don't know, like you said, and I think honestly the best fit would be Atlanta, like a three hit monster with him, Calvin Ridley and not Kyle Pitts. Like right. I, I, I think, why wouldn't you just stay and see what happens? Exactly. I mean, Pitt is $23 million this year. Yeah. I don't think anybody's giving up a first round draft pick um, for that. Although mm -hmm. they got a second round pick for Muhammad Sanu like two years ago, which was right. crazy to think about, but um Bill Belichick was desperate at that point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a Saints fan, I would love to see him go. But right, right, because uh, you you circle that game on the calendar. We still don't have a second cornerback. That's kind of something that's been unspoken. We yeah. went through the draft. We yes. did not manage to get a cornerback in the first round. And you know, we might come out week one with Ken Crawley or Patrick Robinson <laughs> at our second corner, and that's not good. That's less legit. And, and look, they might be our number one. Because Latimer, right? Yeah, because our number one corner again, we ain't done a podcast in a long time. This man got arrested with a gun and he was high as a kite. I watched the uh, the the body camera video and you know, it didn't even look like the cops wanted to arrest him, they were right. lecturing him about how he was throwing his life away. Um, I it still was unclear to me from watching it whether or not he was taking credit for a gun that was for one of his friends, thinking he was helping his friend, maybe not knowing that the gun was stolen. <laughs> which then caused him to be charged with possession of a stolen firearm, or if the gun was actually his. I, I, I hypothesized he thought he was helping a friend because he had no prior felony convictions and thus <laughs> could take credit for the gun and not get go to jail. I mean, it turned out the gun was stolen, and now you're in a, you know, a bad spot. So. Yeah, you, you the, you know, the, the breadwinner never takes the fall. Right. Like, this is, this is elementary. Obviously, he's never watched Notorious. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Man, Somebody's supposed to take on. that charge. Somebody got to take the charge. Yeah. Man. Somebody got to take the charge. Right. Uh, 
Our last thing I want to talk about, it happened a while back, but but it's just, you know, this guy stays in the news. And, and now that, you know, he actually signed with a team like eight years later, we're talking about Tim Tebow signing with the um, Jacksonville Jaguars. And I, I think you got to start to wonder, like, what the hell is Urban Meyer doing? Like, he, you know, it's becoming a joke out there in Jacksonville with, with some of the moves. First, he had that strength and conditioning coach who had the issues. He had to let go. Um then they had rookie rookie mini training camp, rookie mini camp a couple weeks back, and, and Travis Etienne, a first round draft pick, doesn't play a single rep at running back. Um, right. And maybe mind you, they did, you know, Robinson, James Robinson, he carried me in fantasy. So he had a great right. year 1,200 yards rushing. But the argument being like, this way we know he'll be on the field all year because if, you know, we have a, a spot for him regardless. And it's just like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I just, like, this is, you know, uh, it reminds me of a situation for me at work. I, I was just, uh, they, they moved me somewhere at work and they were telling me, uh, you, you usually do these types of cases. Um, and so we could put you in a division where you do the, the case, cases you're familiar with, or you can learn something while you're in this new division do, doing these other types of cases. And, and of course, the, the consensus decision was stick with what you know for now, because this is new to you. It's a new division. He's in the NFL. He should stick to what he knows, running back, teach right. him that first then you start flanking. I mean, you know, flanking him at wide receiver, not at the first mini camp. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the Reggie Bush did both, but he was Reggie Bush, right? And yeah. again, at the first mini camp, he wasn't lining up at wide receiver. That was something no. that kind of came down the line. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I think it's just yeah, it's just. But I didn't even of, touch on the Tim Tebow point, right? Right. My point, my my, my point there is just going to be that this is ego and arrogance, and. While he thinks that Tim Tebow is going to be good for his locker room, I think that you can end up fracturing your locker room by doing something stupid, such as signing a guy, a tight end who hasn't played football in like four years. And there's so much talent out there, so many people scratching and clawing to get into the league. And it's just kind of a spit in all of their faces when you just say, oh, I have a relationship with the guy. I think he's a nice guy. So I want him in the locker room. So I'm going to bring him on the team. I mean, you know, they could sign me for all that at, at running back. <laughs> and and, uh, and I'm, a good, I'm a good guy, too. Let's keep it real. It's, he he hasn't played it down in about eight years and at a position he's never played in his career. Um, right. And I just don't understand how you think that could bring, you know, like the NFL is not college. That rah-rah shit from right. a guy who hasn't played in eight years. I will never lose another game. Like nobody's listening to that. Like nobody, yeah, nobody cares. 33 years old, bro. <laughs> he's you 33. About to try to learn a new position on the fly, like this it's is a, crazy. It's a joke. I heard it, some people say that he was addicted to the spotlight um, because of the baseball thing, and it's just like at this point, it's like he's a caricature. Like he was so famous in college, and it's just like he is a you know. And I I, I don't know that I accept that totally because he's a he's a college football analyst, so it's like well he's still in the spotlight, right? But it's almost like this is like. Uh, an MTV reality series or something. And we're all just watching it. And he's the main character where he just goes to different sports and tries different <laughs> things. And it's like, everybody's like, well, he's a great, you know, young Christian young man. So we'll just keep giving him opportunities to do things that other people wouldn't get an opportunity to do. In in a league that like the, uh, the acronym is not for long. It's right. like, why do we keep trying to give him opportunities when he's proven like his skill set doesn't translate to the NFL or like, baseball. Like I, Tim Tebow didn't baseball. play baseball at Florida. You right. know what I'm saying? Like how long had it been since he had played baseball? It's it's yeah years. Yeah, high school, high school, know? right? So it's it's a joke, and and I think like for a team that had the number one pick, um, you know, you bring in a college coach who it, it's been proven over the years that college success does not translate to NFL success in terms of, of coaching careers. Nick Saban couldn't make the transition. Um, Steve Spurrier. Steve Spurrier didn't make the transition. You know, like just a multitude. Jim Moore Jr. Um, you know, just just so many examples. Like to start off with, with these moves that he's making, it just – it doesn't give – if I was a Jacksonville Jaguar fan, I wasn't – I wouldn't be, be too hyped about the season coming in. So, um, And reading real quick, Tim Tebow hadn't played – baseball full-time since his junior year of high school which so is in two, his last year had been 2005 he then goes into mlb minor league uh for the mets in 2016 so 11 year gap right even longer baseball so right. it's a joke man and so then 2016 so that means now we're 2021 so at least five years away from football so now i want to make 
Tebow and, and Urban Meyer, one of my losers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's go into our winners and losers before we wrap this thing up. Uh, Rob, give us your winners. All right, my first winner, uh, none other than Luka Doncic. I mean, he's the best player in this series right now. And, you know, everybody remembers last year, or maybe some folks don't, Montrez Harrell, uh, you know, with his comment, his little name calling. Um, maybe it was punk-ass white boy. I don't remember. It could have been another P word that he called Luka as he was coming down the court. And not just that, um, uh, the the twin, uh, the uh, Morris, 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 like they were just bodying him and manhandling him. I think that might actually been during a regular season that they, he knocked him to the ground and kind of stood over him. But they were just bullying him. Um, and this is year two in the playoffs for, for Luca. 31, 10 and 11 game one, 39, seven and seven this series. And he's laughing. He's having fun. Yeah. Like he's embarrassing these boys and he's enjoying doing it. He hit a runner three pointer last I saw night. That shit. And it's off just the, like off the left foot. Off the left foot, and Patrick Beverly, the defensive specialist, is just out there looking like an absolute fool. <laughs> you know, he's supposed to be the little Rottweiler or whatever, and nah, he's like looking like the Chihuahua against this six, <laughs> eight point guard who's just dribbling over around and shooting over him. And you just got to give Luca respect. You know, for everybody who talks about young players this, these days, don't have that killer instinct and they don't bounce back and have the fire when people kind of punch them in the mouth. Luca is showing, you know, that killer instinct just doing it his own way you know a team beat him last year talked a lot of shit while doing it and now here he is you know swinging back and man if he wins this in like four or five games man watch out for luca you know oh yeah this is this the sky's the limit is early he's, he's gonna win mvp for sure in the next three years right my second winner shoho otani uh you know ranked second in home runs in baseball third in total bases Leads baseball in isolated power statistics, perfect, a bunch of perfectly hit balls. He also pitches six starts, 45 strikeouts, 2.97 ERA. Listen, I mean, his, his batting average is like 270. He is, you know, the closest thing to Babe Ruth that we've seen since then. I mean, people just don't do this in the modern era, pitch on this level and bat on this level. And just it's unfortunate. <laughs> I feel like nobody watches baseball, especially not regular season baseball. And then the Angels um, aren't necessarily the best team. And then he's on the roster with Mike Trout. So I feel like he gets kind of overshadowed by that. But we got to start saying his name, you know. And I was just out in L.A. and they say his name out there. He's known out there. And there's a large Asian community there. Right. So, you know, he's, you know, highly thought of there. But I just think that early regular season baseball is overshadowed by so many other sports that it's not getting the proper conversation. But what he's doing right now is, is amazing. And, you know, hopefully he stays healthy this season. Yeah. I think, you know, as a baseball fan growing up, this person who played it, like you just don't see pitchers doing this. Like that just doesn't happen. Um, you know, it's cause sports become so specialized. So it's like, it's really impressive what he's doing, especially at the, the major league level. But uh, I'm going to get to my winners. My first winner is the lefty, Phil Mickelson, becoming the oldest major champion Lucky in lefty. history. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I, I wasn't a big Phil Mickelson fan, you know, probably because you got to pick, right? You either Tiger or Phil. Mm -hmm. And uh, Phil had, the, you know, the, the stigma of he couldn't win a big one for a long time. And he finally broke through and he won uh, more than a few. And for him to come back, especially with everything that's happening to Tiger, um, Golf needed a, a shot in the arm, something to, to get fans excited, something to create buzz. And I, I think him winning it at 50, uh, being the oldest major champion, I, I think is something that's going to at least help, you know, people talking about it, uh, the game. And so uh, shout out to Phil Mickelson for, for doing that. Um, my second winner, you mentioned Luca. I'm going to talk about the guy who got swapped for Luca, Trey Young. I know Rob can't stand him, but this dude dropped 30 in his playoff de de debut he destroyed the Knicks on that last second. I mean, he he shook about two or three dudes, and it wasn't even close. That was that was one of the easiest game-winning field goals I've ever seen, um, and he did it with ease. Then he shook. Yeah, it the was kind of embarrassing. Like he beat the double teams before they even got there. He he shushed all the fans in the mecca. I, I got to give him props for that. And then tonight, even in a loss, like I mentioned earlier, uh, he dropped I over thirty. I think the exact quote was, it's real fucking quiet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He just got real fucking quiet. It and he did. It did. Uh, even in a bar, we got quiet. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. But uh, I think just what he's doing at the Atlanta team that doesn't have a lot of stars, but uh, I think he's a star to make it. So, you know, shout out to Trey Young. Um, losers, I'm going to start us off. 
uh, Rob, you started off with your first win of Luka. So my first loser are the Clippers down 0-2 after losing, you know, the last two games of the regular season on purpose, like we mentioned, to avoid the Lakers. So they, they get the, the matchup they want with the Mavericks. They beat them last year. You know, like you said, they, they bullied Luka. Um, after that, they, they wound up losing to the Nuggets up 3-1. Paul George came on all the smoke, blamed Doc Rivers for lack of adjustments, blamed the, the bubble for being depressed and, and just an unusual situation. Now you have none of those, you know, you got a new coach you, you, out the bubble. You got fans in the stands now at some capacity, and you down 0-2. So now what, Paul George? Playoff Pete. Now what? Kawhi. You know, like y'all, y'all say y'all was gonna dominate LA, and now you're down 0-2, looking at possibly losing in the first round, which you know I think might blow that team up. So that's my first loser. My second loser, we mentioned it earlier, Shannon Sharp. Shannon, the bro code, bro. Come on now, you're a former player. You got the player fraternity. You call up Julio on live air. I don't know if it was a joke or not. I don't know if Julio knew or not, but but from all indications of uh, how people are talking about it, Julio did not know he was on live TV. Uh, Shannon, you just can't do that. In a two-way consent state in California, they're talking about he could serve a year in jail. <laughs> I don't think that'll happen. But, yeah, Julio uh, ain't bringing no charges. And I'm 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 convinced that Julio knew he, that know, bro. he was getting called. Like, he to know. I think that shit was a setup. But uh, that that's my losers. Rob, who you got? All right, my first loser, and I had it, hesitated to put this man on my loser list because, I mean, <laughs> he's seven foot and he wants all the smoke with anyone who will, you know, will give it to him, uh, no pun intended. Uh, Kwame Brown, my first loser. Kwame Brown, he, he's got this running beef right now with just about everybody in the media. <laughs> right. It started when uh, Gilbert Arenas was on All the Smoke, talked a little trash about him. Not even really intended to be trash, but I think, you know, there was some offensive words used, like called him a show pony and basically said he was a man child. And that, you know, it was just sad to kind of watch, I guess, the way Jordan pushed him around, how this guy's career never totally materialized. He heard it, went ballistic on his Instagram, created a YouTube page, went in on Arenas, then, you know, Steven Jackson, Jackson Matt yeah, he felt like Steven Jackson was doing a lot of trash talking. He talked about how Jackson quit on the team, called Gilbert Arenas childish, said he had the mind of a child, then went in on Matt Barnes, the light skin stuff, talked about how, you know, another man was sleeping with his wife. Uh, you know, I, I guess the story got covered on multiple media outlets. Jamel Hill caught some straight bullets. Stephen A. Smith caught some straight bullets. Charlemagne the God ended up catching straight bullets. I mean, Charlemagne, you know, did offensively kind of bring up the fact that I think this guy's dad had been arrested for murder. Some stuff, yeah. apparently they're both from South Carolina. So some stuff came up that apparently Kwame Brown did not even know about his own family. Uh, Kwame Brown responds to Charlemagne by bringing up the fact that he had rape accusations. I mean, it just got ugly. Jamel Hill was like, oh, this dude wants, like he woke up this morning and chose violence. It's a quote. It's a quote from uh, from uh, what's the the HBO series? How am I, how's that? I'm not losing that one. But anyway, um, it, it's a quote from a famous TV show, and he took offense to it, and then he goes <laughs> in on Jamel Hill, and yep. she's like, "No, my point was that like I, I don't want to fight with you. You know what I'm saying? But he wants to fight with anybody who says his name. Hopefully, he you know <laughs> hears our podcast and gives us <laughs> some right. more some you more some smoke so we get some <laughs> right." Um, <laughs> And, you know, I hesitated to call him a loser, A, because he kicked my ass, but B, just because I kind of respect him because a lot of people sit back and take some of this stuff, and I don't think they necessarily should. The only reason I call him a loser at this point because he's, he's <laughs> taking it a little too far. <laughs> yeah, at a certain point, bro, pump your brakes. Everybody who says your name is not your enemy. Some people actually have had his back in this scenario, and they still catch his strays. Um, and also, you know, even Charlemagne apologized the other day and he didn't care. He didn't want to hear it. He went in on everybody on the breakfast club from DJ Envy to Angela Yee. He said, where's her boyfriend? I don't believe she got a boyfriend. Talked about Angela, uh, DJ Envy being light skinned, cheating on his wife. I mean, the, the, anybody who was, you know, around somebody who's, who mentioned his name has caught a straight bullet over the last couple of days. And listen, I, I, I've been on Kwame's side too, bro, because I feel like. <laughs> He unnecessarily gets the brunt of the first round, the first overall. Yeah, round. we had that conversation you know yeah, while you was here. Like, yeah, like, you know, Michael. Candy, right, like, yeah. why are we do, acting like Kwame Brown was the only person who failed? The reality is, I think that people view Michael Jordan's tenure with the Wizards as a failure because of Kwame Brown, which is so unfair because Michael Jordan has failed in management 
the entirety of his career with both the Wizards and the the the, the Bobcats. Right. So um, now, and Hornets. now now Hornets. Yeah. So my- Kwame Brown. You know, it's just unfair. He was a child. Like, this dude was a child. He played in the league for 13 years. Exactly. That's like, not a failure. Like, Michael Oluwakandi was a failure. Right. Right. Like, right. And, and and my only issue, my only beef with Kwame is, say, bro, why, why we got to have all the light-skinned jokes? You know what I'm like, <laughs> Listen, light-skinned Black brothers keep coming for him. Light-skinned <laughs> brothers keep coming for him. <laughs> why we got to divide the race, Kwame? <laughs> yeah, Kwame don't want to hear none of that. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so... He, he, he's my first loser for the day. Uh, the brother has been, you know, taking shots, firing shots everywhere. But I will say that his YouTube page, which he created after this, has now gained a large following. I think he's up over like 100,000 followers. So, hey, bro, go get some money, man, off of this. Um, <clears throat> I think they said he made $65 million over his career. So the brother is not broke. He's not hurting. Um, but my second loser, I'm coming directly in your wheelhouse for this one. Steve Kerr. That's my loser. 2019 15 and 50 record this year 39 and 33 and misses the playoffs after having the first overall pick got Draymond back got Steph Curry and and just because of Clay you talking about all of a sudden this team can't even make the playoffs didn't did my man Steph just listen. come out and say he had torn ligaments I don't want to hear none of that Steph was shooting from half court in the MVP <laughs> race listen Everybody was all over Steve Kerr when they were winning, calling him a genius. He inherited a team that Mark Jackson built. He had, you know, a couple of years of Kevin Durant. He wasn't even necessarily the mastermind or running the offense at the time that he was the head coach. He inherited a great roster, a team that was ascending. He won with it. And now that he's seeing challenges, he can't even get the team into the playoffs and nobody is talking about it. And I feel like, you know, they act as if his legacy is solidified. And my opinion is not. And he's my second loser because there is no way on earth that that team was supposed to lose to those Memphis Grizzlies that night. And I think that falls squarely on coaching and falls squarely on Steve Kerr. So he is my second loser. What say you, Chris Winden? Defend your boy. That's that's ridiculous. The man took a team that lost in the first round of playoffs and had him as the number one seed the next year and won a championship. So we're not going to talk about the injuries. You want to talk about torn ligaments now, but you don't want to talk about the injuries that existed on that. We don't want to talk about the. Listen, go to the All the Smoke. Uh, what's what's uh what's my boy who is just on All the Smoke that played with Lynn Sanity. Uh, Jeremy Lynn talks about you know, how Steph Curry's career developed after he was able to get over those ankle injuries. That's what changed that franchise. That's what Steve Kerr inherited, somebody whose body had been previously failing him, and now he was playing healthy, and that's why that team got better. Like, let's not do, was overworking let's that. Let's not do that. You know, that let's pick not, and roll. You, you want know, to talk I'm, about supporting a black man. All right. <laughs> hey, that man, that man, Mark Jackson still ain't got a job. Right. That's what's messed up. You know. Blackballing that man. Probably because he can't coach, but uh, because of his homophobia, topic. that's the topic. <laughs> another topic for another day. Uh, but uh, that's it, man. We we done with uh. Before we go though, bro, what you got? What, what you binge watching? I'm looking forward to that Master of None. Uh, came oh, out on the 23rd. I haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet, but that's a good series. That's season three. Listen, uh, on HBO, the what is it called? The the Wizard of of Mastertown or something, man. What was I, I, I watching? Hold on one second. Man, you can't remember nothing tonight. Yeah, man. Memories fade you. <laughs> Listen, while you look that up, I'm I'm gonna tell y'all about uh Jamie Foxx's new Netflix show. It's a family show. Dad stop embarrassing me. Oh my Jamie, god, that show Jamie was terrible. Fox was embarrassing himself with that 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 uh show. That show was terrible. The mayor it. of East Town or mayor of East Town. Awesome, awesome HBO series. I recommend it to everyone. Last episode, I think, comes on this week on HBO. I was watching it last night and just, like, glued to the TV. I'm going to check it out. But don't waste your time on Dad Stop Embarrassing. because It was terrible. I I made it through, like, three episodes. Yeah, it was. was, The the next five didn't get any better. People just out here stealing money from Netflix. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Netflix is is slowly but surely losing all the contracts with the people that they were getting movies from because all the studios realized, like, we'll just make our own channel and and, and, or our own app and put it on Amazon or, or some other service. And so now Netflix is solely responsible for creating their own content. And how do you... How do you repopulate your entire service with all of your own content? You got to put a lot of stuff out quickly, and that just means a lot of it's bad. But since they're throwing money at people, 
actors are taking it and then they right. just putting out bad content but they probably getting like a 10 million dollar check or something like that and Man, so listen, you gotta watch out netflix you know netflix is we running thought it like, was the future but it might be yeah. gone in like five years netflix is like isaiah thomas running the knicks paying everybody past their prime <laughs> <laughs> you got adam sandler chris rock stealing money rocks. from them right like, these niggas 50 years old man it's just look y'all better find some new stars right but uh we're gonna end it right there, man. That's and all. I just saw also Amazon, I think, bought like MGM Studios I out. Saw that. So they, they're about to have ridiculous amounts of content. They're about to put Netflix out of business. Yep. They're about to become a new blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on that note, we're gonna end the show. Uh Rob sent us out with something better than that shit you started or something. <laughs> I'm gonna go with some J. Cole. His album is the uh best album. Oh, we gotta right talk now. about that next next week. Yeah, man. When uh Put an African basketball league on the map for a few weeks <laughs> yeah, for three definitely. games and it got his check. You talk about getting the check and get out of town, right? Embarrassing.